It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Weitz. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas here on this wacky Wednesday. (laughs) Definitely in this building. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Oh, how are we? I'm okay. How about y'all? I'm great. You it's know, a beautiful sunny day in Central Texas. It's cold. It's not cold. I'm freezing. It's, I'm chilly. It's cold. Ward's weird. Uh, Ward yeah, right. Me, it was 38 degrees when I got to work the, yesterday, and Ward asked me why I turned on the heater. Well, I don't know, Ward. It's like we're at the North Pole. It's Ward, 38 it, degrees. You don't need a heater in 38 degrees. It's perfect. Oh, I do. I need the fireplace going. I need my slippers on. <laughs> my apartment is a toasty 76 degrees right now. Oh, oh my. Home. Okay, There's now that no is a way. little over the top. <laughs> no way I could do that. I live in a terrarium. Scott keeps Basically. ours at about 69, 70. I don't turn the heater on in the winter at all. Well, that's because you got a big old dog that curls up next to you and keeps you warm. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'd rather just get a throw blanket and sit underneath that than turn the heater on. The heater just makes it completely stuffy to me uh, it can yeah it can i don't know i mean i i'd rather be cold than hot because when you're cold you can just wrap up and put mm-hmm. more clothing on when you're hot it's not like you can walk around in your bikini all day so just saying <laughs> i don't think people enjoy me walking around in the bikini oh you look good Ward. Say, speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> but yeah might yeah. be something i don't want to do well, you know, in this Texas heat, you might want to consider, consider it. it. <laughs> Weren't you supposed to, like, wear, like, run down the street in your underwear or something? I did that. Because the Rangers won the World Series? No, they had to win 100 games. Oh, okay. Which they did. But in the regular season. I don't believe that was specified. Yes, it was. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. It absolutely was. 100% was. But so it, you didn't have ahead. to run down the street. It, it was in your I did it. Yeah, but see, it was four o'clock in the morning. And nobody's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're I probably in boxers. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was good. Yeah, so. but you were probably in boxers, so that doesn't really count. You need to be like in you a tidy whitey. You don't know that. Well, that's true. I don't. I was sleeping at four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Denver Broncos are making a change as now Russell Wilson has been. Benched Ooh. in Denver. Nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback, and he is on the sidelines. <laughs> and Jarrett Stidham, the Stephenville product, former Baylor Bear as well, Ole Miss quarterback, ends up as the starting quarterback on Sunday for the Denver Broncos. Now for Denver, Wilson will make an additional $37 million guaranteed in money if he can't pass a physical by early March, an injury to Wilson in the last two games 
would trigger another guarantee. So, I mean, this is going to cost them some money for him to stand on the sidelines. It is, but I, that makes more a little more sense now. The, the season's over for them, so I can see why they're benching him because if, yeah, if somebody rolls, rolls him up and hurts his knee – then you're on the hook for that additional $38 million. So You exactly reading right. the whole story, I, I still don't think that Sean Payton looks great in this whole situation. I don't think he's looked great in the situation all year. Look, I get it. Russ, uh, Russell Wilson can be a lot. He's kind of a corny guy, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but he's kind of – Uptight, tries, you mean? Well, no, he, well, a little bit, but he tries to be – motivational and it comes across as a little corny and unsincere when actually I think he's being sincere. He's probably being sincere. Yeah, I think he is. But the way that the way that Sean Payton has handled the whole thing has just been ridiculous. Screaming at him on the sidelines multiple times, taking shots at him in the media multiple times. But you like, know what? He's handled it well. I mean He has. He hasn't said a word. No, he hasn't. And I respect him too because if what's his name was yelling at me, I'd be yelling right back. So you know, I don't know. Sean Payton. Uh, well, my and, thoughts about him. And, and I think that Sean Payton hasn't handled it correctly. Yeah, but no, I also. Not at all. I also think that Sean Payton took this job and Russell Wilson's not his guy. That's a good, very good point. So, I mean. He I, didn't ha- really I, have a 100%, choice. Like he was. He. But that's part of him taking the job. You knew I, that I Russell that. Wilson. I get that. So to so to try to so he's so to try to grind him down just because no he he's shouldn't. not your quarterback. He's he not shouldn't. the way to go. But about there, it. the reason take why another in, job. In, well, the reason why in my mind that there's this rub here is that that's not his guy, and he's just waiting to maybe draft his guy this year. Maybe, but to Aaron's or point, trade for his guy this year. True, but to Aaron's point. It wasn't his guy. He was taking this job knowing. Oh, I know. You know, but, I know, but man. He, look, he is the head coach, and if he wants to be. A jerk? Yeah, whatever he wants to be. I mean, I got a stronger I mean, word. I just can't say it on the air. <laughs> that's just part of it. That's the way it goes, to be honest. I mean. Yeah, I, look, I'm, that that part doesn't it, bother It me. really didn't work out well. No, I, it didn't. It didn't work out but well. You know, I they, don't think it was handled well, they, to be honest. It was but. a little too late, but they turned their season around pretty well. I mean, they lost last week, and it was a terrible loss. Right. Before that, they had played very well the last month. Right. I agree. I, I think it's it, it's just a, a tough situation. And maybe if he gets his guy in there, it turns things around. Maybe it doesn't. I mean, I don't know. If it doesn't? I don't know how you can get a nine-time pro bowler and a Super Bowl quarterback and it not – you make some adjustments as a coach to say, hey, I got a pretty good guy here. That's kind of what I was thinking. It's obvious from the games that before last week that he's got a lot of talent still, even though he's older. And, mm-hmm. and quarterbacks are playing longer. Yeah, you. It. I think it's a big knock on him, just what you're saying. You walk, you walk into a place where you've got a nine-time Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and, and you can't make it work around him that's on the coach so i I think and you you were a coach so you can agree or disagree with me i think a coach a good coach adjusts to the player and not the player to the coach now you got to meet in the middle at some point you do but i you know and i'm talking about personalities too because you know some players may work well with you screaming at them where others need more motivation i mean i don't know you have to adjust yourself to you have i agree be able to work with that and 
it's a little bit I mean, it's a little bit different when you get into the NFL because you can you can adjust that talent mm-hmm. at to a certain extent. Now, in this situation where they were, I mean, Sean Payton could have came in and say, Russell Wilson's out. Not my he guy. Have. He's out. But I don't think you can do that to a guy at his stature that, that has the yeah. the pedigree that Russell Wilson does. So maybe he's trying to work it. Maybe the just personalities just clash. We don't know the whole story. We don't. We just you, you really you only don't. see you what never, the media writes about and what it, they talk it, about. Exactly right. And it it may not be as bad as we think it is, but again, I mean they I might think be hanging out I, in the locker well, room I, together. I think we it's don't a, know. It's a financially smart move by the Broncos to do this mm-hmm. because of the fact that, hey, you don't want to take a chance to be on the hook for another $39 million if he gets injured. So, it's true. And you're probably out of this race. So why not? Mm-hmm. Why not take that step? I, I don't think it's a good look for Sean Payton. But I bet I don't think he cares. I mean, look at all... Look how he, look at his past. I mean, I don't think he really cares what he looks like. Mm-hmm. He just wants a W, but, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But I do think Russell Wilson is getting a little up there in age. Um, I mean, he's not Tom Brady. Somebody will pick him up. Yeah. If if the Broncos release him after the season, which probably this is the precursor to that. I think maybe he has one or two seasons maybe left in him. But, I mean, you surround him with good talent. Mm-hmm. He could be you great. Know, he could be okay. Yeah. Somebody will pick him up, I think. Yeah, no, he's not going to be unemployed next year, that's for sure. I don't think so. Somebody's going to give him a shot. I, I really think that's a, a distinct possibility. Thursday night football coming up tonight. How about the New York Jets? And tomorrow. The, is that tomorrow? Yeah, don't feel <laughs> Today's bad. Wednesday. It yeah. is Wednesday, isn't it? Don't feel bad. <laughs> That's okay. I thought it was Tuesday earlier. But wow. yeah, tomorrow. Nobody knows what tomorrow, day it is Thursday this week. Football. No, I don't. I have no <laughs> Nobody idea. does. All right, college football last night. <laughs> I do know that happened because I watched all three games yesterday. Oh, wow. How about Minnesota getting the win over Bowling Green? Kind of said yesterday that we thought that Minnesota was going to get it done, 30-24 to 24 over Bowling Green. And then... Early last night in the first responders bowl in Dallas, Texas State just absolutely runs over Rice, forty-five to twenty-one, Ooh. and they run through the beer at Gerald Ford Stadium. <laughs> the beer. By twelve minutes left in the second quarter, huh? the Texas State side was completely sold out of beer. Twelve minutes left. That doesn't surprise in me. In the second quarter, that doesn't surprise me. Their side of the stadium was out of, of beer, beer. <laughs> 100%. Then, in the third quarter, they migrated over to the other side, and the entire stadium was sold out of alcohol <laughs> midway through the third quarter. That doesn't surprise me, actually. Now, is Texas State the biggest party school in yes. the state of Texas? Yes, it this is. This confirms it, right? This does confirm this it. This has to confirm it. I bet. 12 minutes left in the second quarter. I know. They barely got through the first quarter. <laughs> How you, does that happen? Because they, they that's all you do there is drink. <laughs> that's all you do is drink. I don't think anybody even So they won the beer game class. and the football game. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of drinking. Wow. But, yeah, they're the biggest party school in Texas, so there you go. I've always heard that. That's the reputation. I think this yeah. has to confirm it. 
<laughs> Obviously, when they have to go, it's not going to change anybody's opinion if they already had that. All <laughs> <Yeah>, right, <laughs> that's just unbelievable. That's now we funny. don't know if they were completely stocked up or if this took them by surprise. But I would think that if you're SMU and you're hosting this game, that you would say, "Okay, Texas State is coming to our stadium. Let's load up." <laughs> we, uh, they probably we can make some money here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They and made they their probably, money. They probably did. They made their money, but they ran out. So <sighs> just completely. That's st- hilarious. I don't know that I've ever heard of a stadium completely being sold out. <laughs> no, it is funny, right? I don't either. <laughs> I guess they knew next time. <laughs> oh, I thought that was so great. So great. Texas State once again gets the win over Rice, and then last night, how about Kansas getting the win over UNLV, forty-nine to thirty-six last night. Ooh. In the guaranteed rate bowl. And it was a good football game. A, a real good football game. But Kansas Jayhawks with a bowl win. Aaron, look up and see the last bowl win the Jayhawks had. It's been a while, I think. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, maybe it has. Did they go to a bowl game last year? Were they in a bowl last year? I can't remember. I think they were. I think they were. Cause, yeah, I think they were. Yeah. They were in the Liberty Bowl last year. Yeah, okay. okay. Did they win? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. I don't know either. I'd like <laughs> to know when they, they did last. not. They lost 55-53 to 53 to Arkansas. Ooh, okay. Close game. All right. So maybe this is a, a first bowl win for the Jayhawks in a little while. I mean, it's not the one first one ever, but it's been a while, I think, for the Jayhawks to get a win in a bowl game. So good for them. And it looks good for the Big 12 now, right? Yeah, and 2008 was the last one. 2008, all right. Yeah, so they, they actually, they, uh, that's when, uh, what's his name was there? Mangino, yeah, yeah, they beat Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl. That, that year, they only had one loss. Mm-hmm. All right. So the Big 12 now is, if I'm not mistaken, two and one in bowl games so far this year. With well, Kansas and Kansas um, and Texas Tech getting the win, mm-hmm. so that puts them at two and one in the Big Twelve in bowl games this year. Not bad, not a bad start. I think. Uh, it doesn't it Oklahoma State play tonight? They do. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State plays A and M tonight. Those Aggies uh-huh. in the tax, Texas Bowl at Texas Bowl down in Houston, and that will be the late game coming up tonight. Virginia Tech and Tulane kick off in about forty-five minutes from now. In the Military Bowl, also North Carolina and West Virginia at 4.30. And Louisville and USC at 7 o'clock tonight. And then again, 8 o'clock is the kickoff for the Texas Bowl coming up tonight. I'm interested in all of them, but the USC... Their main guy isn't even playing, is he? No, I don't don't think think so. His main guy's not even playing, showing up. All right. I just want to see how USC responds with all the noise circling around Lincoln Riley right now. I don't I don't know if this experiment for Lincoln Riley at USC has worked out quite like USC I really planned wanted on it. to. No, I mean, they're better and they're more relevant, but they're not any closer to winning a, well, there's no Pac-12 now, but they're not any closer to winning a conference title. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. So, you know, how do they play coming up tonight? Should be interesting. All right. Cowboys, Lions coming up. 
this week. We'll talk to R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys. That's coming up next on the Press Box. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Back to throw, looking left, looking right. Only heard here. Pumps, runs out to the left. All season. Throws on the run, Lamb at the seven, and strolls in. Saturday night, it's your Cowboys and the Detroit Lions, live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Cowboys and Lions, Saturday starting with the pregame at 6 here on ESPN Central Texas. Don't miss the wrap-up the year sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. As the year comes to a close, we're offering unbeatable deals on new 2023 Jeep models. This month, get 10% off MSRP on the Jeep Grand Cherokee or Grand Cherokee L. Or how about 10% off Jeep Compasses and Renegades? And if that's not enough, get 11000 off MSRP on every Jeep Gladiator Overland. That's right, plus an extra 500 to first responders and no payments for 90 days. Hurry, this inventory won't last long. Shop online or in-store today. Don't miss the year-end inventory sale happening now at Lone Star Structures. Save big on in-stock storage sheds, ready-to-move-in cabins, greenhouses, chicken tractors, dog kennels, porch swings, and gliders. Conveniently shop online at LoneStarStructures.com. Lone Star Structures is family-owned, and their skilled craftsmen have been building top-notch storage sheds for more than 26 years. Stop by their location at the I-35 Midway Drive exit in Temple or Highway 77 in Lot. Call Lone Star Structures at 254-773-5400. Hurry in, sailing soon. From our family to yours, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina wants to thank Central Texas for voting them as the best of Tex-Mex restaurant for 2023. And thank you for the votes for the best of chips and hot sauce, best margaritas, best enchiladas, best queso, and the best tortillas. Making you hungry? Then stop on at La Fiesta Restaurant off Franklin Avenue in Waco. Check them out online at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Road trip! Take a road trip to Genco. Skip your car payments for 70 days. Refi your vehicle. Drop your rate. Rates as low as 5.69% APR for 48 months. Apply online for an additional discount of 0.15% off your loan. Genco is extending its auto refi road trip to December 30th. Last chance of the year to get your best rate ever. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. For more information, go to GencoSCU.org, member NCUA. Genco! Another Christmas has passed, and that means no more presents, right? Not at Pickup Outfitters. It's our year-end push to end truck nudity, and we're giving away lots of gifts. Come get you some of this. Free install with every retractable bed cover. Free laser-measured perfect fit floor liners with any purchase over $1,000. Free rubber bed mat with every solid bed cover purchased and installed. Free bed rug mat or lighting upgrade with any camper shell purchase. Free install with any toolbox purchase. $200 off front bumpers, $100 off rear bumpers purchased and installed. Instant manufacturer rebate match on airlift airbags and compressor. Plus more. Christmas is hereby extended by Pickup Out. Fitters through this Saturday, December 30th only. Check it out online at createacommotion.com or better yet, come see us at our brand new location of Pickup Outfitters. Look for the silver and red building at 4535 West Waco Drive in Waco. Does the thought of mice, rats, or other rodents taking up residence in your walls or attic make you feel uncomfortable? Once inside, these unwanted critters can cause thousands of dollars in damage to your home. The experts at 855-BUGS can identify points of entry and eliminate them. 
We use a variety of methods to keep rodents out. Be proactive, not reactive. Let 855-BUGS ensure your home is protected with a free inspection and comprehensive treatment plan. Visit 855-BUGS.com now to schedule your free inspection. Time to talk Cowboys with R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Brought to you by Scott's Lease Trailers and Pickup Outfitters. And joining us now, as promised, R.J. Ochoa Blogging the Boys. R.J., hope you had a Merry Christmas. And uh, thanks for spending some time with us here in the Press Box. Of course I did. I hope you and all of y'all and, and your families did as well. hope it was fun. Uh, the Cowboys did what they could to ruin it, but thankfully we all pushed on. <laughs> Let's talk about that game in Miami. And now the Cowboys are just not very good on grass. They've only won 10 of the last 11 games on grass. RJ, we were talking yesterday, and I can't – figure out why grass is such a problem for the Cowboys. Do they not have a grass practice field at the star that they can get accustomed to or do they and they just don't play well on the road? Yeah, I mean, this is a weird kind of cookie to crack. Um, they, they obviously um, have practiced on grass. I mean, there's nothing. like, And I, I like to look for weird, quirky coincidences. Um, there's there's nothing that you can kind of point to and say, well, it's it's always when it rains or it's always at night or, I mean, it's always whatever. It's, it's simply, you know, grass on the road. They just, you know, I, I have a hard time chalking it up to anything other than coincidence at this point. Obviously, you know, playing talented teams uh, has a lot to do with that. They've, you know, lost to San Francisco and Philly and Buffalo and Miami, but um, it's it's – it's difficult. It's impossible to explain, really, to be quite honest. RJ, if I'd have told you that the Cowboys' defense would hold that Miami offense to 22 points, would you have felt good about that and felt like this offense would get it done for the Cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. And I think even if you had gone one step further and said, well, they're only going to allow the Dolphins to score one touchdown throughout the entire game, right. I think everybody you know, would have signed up for that. And that's why, you know, if you have to generalize things, I, I do think the loss falls on the shoulders of the offense. And it's not that they played poorly. I mean, they, they played, I think, really well at the very beginning of the game and, and at the end, uh, but the middle matters. And, you know, they just, again, it's not that they were flat or awful, but they just weren't taking proper advantage of the opportunities. I mean, you hold that Miami Dolphins team to five field goals and, and not even five field goals that were chip shots. I mean, some of these things were, what, 57 yards and, and beyond. I mean, all these, you know, kind of three-pointers beyond the arc. Um there had to be more. I mean, there just had to be more done on offense, especially when that's the side of the ball that I think everybody trusts more right now. Um, so I, I, I do put the, the majority of the blame for what happened on Sunday afternoon to the, on them. RJ, explain to me why you can target CeeDee Lamb early in the ball game, and then you don't go back to him until the last drive of the football game. He gets zero targets in the second and third quarter. I mean, your, your prompt is to explain, and so I can't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's ridiculous. And, and I don't think, you know, Mike McCarthy's a, a poor coach or a poor play caller by any stretch. And I think sometimes you just get a little too cute and you get a little too wrapped up in this and a little too wrapped up in that. And, and I think that that's what happened to the Cowboys. And it, it, as silly as it sounds, it can, it can be easy to forget that you have a superstar wide receiver you have to feed the ball to. It, it has to be, you know, one of your top, 
priorities, one of your top objectives. And, you know, what a surprise, you know, that, that the moment they began targeting CeeDee Lamb and he began getting involved again, that the offense started to move. I mean, it, it really sometimes is that simple, and it feels like the Cowboys lost sight of that on Sunday. Isn't that – it's weird because isn't that one of the main reasons why McCarthy took over play calling? Like, it seemed like that was a very Kellen Moore-esque second and third quarter of play calling when C.D. Lamb didn't get the ball because they were trying to do so many different things and get so many people involved instead of your best offensive player. Yeah, I think that that's really well said. I think the if you had to kind of generalize the McCarthy idea this year was to, hey, sometimes the lowest hanging fruit is the sweetest for a reason. Like sometimes you've just got to taste that. And um, it did feel like they got – you know, out of that element. Even, you know, right now, the second most dangerous pass catcher in the Cowboys offense is Jake Ferguson. And why are we sitting here back-to-back games and it took you to the second half to involve him? I mean, it just, you know, if you want to go at this with Tony Pollard, it's 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 not going to work. You're going to lose more often than you don't. Um, and that's unfortunate. And, and maybe, you know, I understand the desire to, to want to be able to run the ball as, as with the playoffs approach and as we're obviously now just about through December and into January. And that's certainly a weapon that you would like to be able to deploy. And, and maybe the Cowboys are trying to work on that, trying to prepare, obviously, for these upcoming playoff games. But the reality is it's just not there. I mean, they had under 100 yards total rushing as a team. I mean, it was yeah. you know a difficult day, and, and the Dolphins pay their guys too, and that's something that you always have to kind of keep in mind. But – you, you cannot die on that sword. If, if you're going to fall on any, it has to be the arm of Dak Prescott. He's the dude who's been carrying you. You have to trust that till the very end. RJHO of Blogging the Boys with us here on ESPN Central Texas Inside the Press Box. And, RJ, Micah Parsons hasn't drawn a holding call in I don't know how long. And it's been maybe since the second game of the season. How is that even possible? It's been nine games, um, so not quite that far, but, but just about. And this is, you know, I think every year or every so often, you know, the Cowboys fan base, like, gets a, a piece of meat and it's just like a bunch of dogs holding on to it. I don't, I don't, I'm not in on this. Like, y'all, y'all can have this bone and, you know, I'll, I'll be chilling on the side. I'll wait for, you know, the, our, our owner to give us the kibble. I don't feel passionately about this, um, but it is strange. I mean, you would think that just, you know, by general odds and general football that the best pass rusher in the NFL would, would draw one. And I know that we can point to lots of pictures and photographs where he's clearly getting held and it feels like it's happening, you know, every five plays or so. I, I, if I have a passionate take on this, it's that being so loud about it is probably not helping. That's true. Um, you know, the, the same way that, you know, we all, you know, get brushed up on the weekly opponent who the Cowboys are playing. The officials do that. The officials say, okay, well, this dude's generally getting called for this. This dude's generally get, not getting called for that, whatever. And so they, I wouldn't say they hunt for penalties, but your reputation becomes a part of the overall process. And I would offer that that works against the Cowboys in this sense, that offensive linemen know they can probably get away with things a little bit more because he's not drawing those penalties. But but Micah coming out here and, and targeting the officials and blaming them, again, if that's your line of work, it's probably not making you feel warm and fuzzy inside. RJ Atua blogging the boys with us here on ESPN Central Texas. And look, I know they lose the game, but there still was some good things that came out of this football game for the Dallas Cowboys. And one of those is that final drive for this offense and what Dak was able to do. 
Now they left too much time on the clock, and the defense wasn't able to hold and gave up the field goal to get beat. But that final drive was really, really good for this offense, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not what everyone wanted to hear, I think, on Sunday, especially because they you know had lost two games in a row for the first time in over two years. But um, if you if there was a moral victory kind of day, it was that. I mean, the loss really wasn't damaging from an NFC East standpoint. They still need help, but they needed help even before the game began. Um, to your point, they reached a moment that they hadn't really all season long where the offense was put in a position where they had to go, score a touchdown, take the lead, hopefully win the game. And they did it. Granted, they did get some help down the stretch, obviously, with the penalty on fourth and goal, the two penalties, actually. But, you know, obviously the correct call. Um, and I know a lot of people were mad in the moment at the Cowboys defense, but I really have a difficult time putting any blame on their shoulders. Again, they did technically surrender the game-winning field goal, but, you know, these, they, had, they did an incredible job of, of holding, you know, Mike Shan- excuse me, not Mike Shanahan, uh, Mike McDaniel's offense. But on, on the Kyle Shanahan note, I wrote something, you know, near the end of last week about how this was kind of a, a test or a litmus test, if you will, because Mike McDaniel is born out of or was born out of that Kyle Shanahan tree. They are a team that uses motion and movement more than anybody except the San Francisco 49ers. And if the Cowboys are on a collision course with San Francisco in the playoffs like they have been the last two years, this was a great kind of opportunity to, to see and assess how you stack up against a team who likes to do those sorts of things. And while overall, again, it wasn't enough, I do think that they, they lived up to the challenge on the defensive side of the ball, and that's been our concern for the most part for the last few weeks. RJ, when you look at the Lions coming into town and in the Cowboys taking on a team that has really got some momentum right now, they clinched the first division title for the first time in three decades. And this Lions team, I was the last one to the party. I'll admit that. I was the very last one to come to this Detroit Lion party. But this is a good football team. They really are. And I'm not right there with you, but the party has annoyed me. Uh, I, I do think uh, every, everybody wanted to be in this party. And so I was just, you know, again, kind of like the dog with the bone. Y'all can have this party. I acknowledge that a party's going on. I just, you know, I didn't want to fight the crowd. It's really kind of how I feel. Um, and so you're right. They are very, very talented. Um, they're coming off recently of their own little skid. They lost to the Bears. They barely beat them the first time around. They barely beat the Chargers. I mean, you know, but they bounced back only two weeks ago against the Broncos in this past week against Minnesota. But even then, I mean, the Nick Mullins-led Vikings team kind of took them the distance. And, and it took, you know, the, the full kind of game for them to walk away with that win. And so I did find it interesting that the line was so generous to the Cowboys. But it is at AT&T Stadium where they obviously are an, an incredibly different football team, it seems. Um, this, this seems like a proper... I don't want to call it get-right game because that implies the Lions aren't a good team. But this is a a great opportunity for the Cowboys to get right. Jimmy Johnson going to the ring of honor at halftime. You come out, you show up, you show out, get this big win. You put an enormous amount of pressure on the Eagles on Sunday to win and keep their lead. And then you go into week 18 where anything can happen and ultimate chaos can prevail. And it's worth mentioning that because this game is against the Lions specifically, if Dallas wins and if they do get that help they need from the Eagles, Dallas will then control their path towards the two seed. I mean, this is more than just potentially, you know, for the game or for the division. This would be for, you know, if someone upset San Francisco, potentially home field advantage in the NFC Championship game. RJ, how, how big is it, and finally, that it's here that Jimmy Johnson, you mentioned him, going into that ring of honor. That should be extraordinary for Cowboy fans 
but it also may give the Cowboys a little bit of juice. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. Um, you know, I, I like games like this where, um, you know, people call them island games, you know, like a primetime game where you're, you know, you're the only game that anybody's watching. Um, and I like it because it kind of feels like everyone is, is gathered around, you know, on the Internet and watching and sharing of the experience together. And, and that's always fun just because it's, it's fun to watch the Cowboys play with your friends. But this is a different kind of thing. Um, and I'm so happy that it will be streamed on ESPN, the fact that, you know, this is unique. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a Cowboys game award when they've done a ring of honor ceremony, but yes. those, those happen at halftime. They're very quick. Um, they're obviously not televised. I mean, DeMarcus Ware, you know, just a few weeks ago didn't have his televised and that game was an Island game. That was Thursday night football on Amazon and the Cowboys were losing. So everybody booed um, this, it, it feels big and it feels massive. And that's the only way that I, I think that this particular induction could happen. Um, it feels like everything is kind of finally okay everything is kind of finally good the families are, are both you know at the same place for christmas or graduation or whatever is happening and, and there's peace love and harmony going on and uh, i do think it will be cool uh, that so many cowboys legends will in all likelihood be there i think it's fitting that troy aikman is on the call and i'm so happy that he is so that he has an opportunity to be mm-hmm. there uh, this is just you know if if this doesn't make you you sports cry i really don't know what will because this is a long time coming R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys with us here on ESPN Central Texas inside the press box. And when you talk about this game coming up against the Lions, how important is it for the Cowboys to get off to a fast start? I know they do it at AT AT&T Stadium. I know they don't do it on the road. But this team is built to play with the lead, isn't it? It is, and I think that that's evidenced by the kind of change in, in, you know, coin toss disposition. Um, the Cowboys won the toss in Miami. They elected to take the ball, I think, because you're right. I think they want to play from ahead. They did that against Philadelphia. They went down and scored, and then, you know, it's their game. And for what it's worth, they almost did that against Miami, if not for the fumble with Hunter Lipke down mm-hmm. here in the goal line. And so um, they're not going to be able to handle it well if they get into a hole because then obviously other teams are in positions where they can run the ball. And if there's one thing to really fear from this Detroit Lions team, it's their offensive line. It's Jameer Gibbs. It's David Montgomery. I mean, they obviously embody the spirit of their head coach and Dan Campbell. They want to be physical. They want to run down your throat. They want to run downhill. And so you really don't want to lose footing against them because it'll be a long night before you know it. In this, the offense talking about the Lions, the one fact that you just mentioned the running game, you've got to put it on golf's shoulders. You you have to say, hey, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us with him, right? I think so. I mean, although Jared Goff is playing moderately well, I mean, and he's, he's had some high highs this season. Um, but to your point, I think you can live with that, right? You can live with, man, this dude just was on fire. And we just couldn't, you know, we couldn't stop him. But, you know, the likelihood of Jared Goff catching fire was so low, it just happened to work against us and bite us in this particular game. But, yeah, if at the end of this day, Jameer Gibbs has 200 yards from scrimmage, I mean, that was predictable. You, know? <laughs> you certainly couldn't right. let that happen to you. Um, and so, yeah, and, and that's where obviously putting points on the board, getting a lead puts Detroit in a hole where maybe they're playing the game. They don't want to play. And that obviously works in your favor and works to Dan Quinn's favor. I mean, the Cowboys defense did stand tall last week against Miami, but for the most part, for the last month or so, they have not been the like big, mighty bad dudes that people think they are. Their reputation is doing a lot more work than they are right now. When you look at this Detroit Lions defense, well, how do, how do the Cowboys have to attack this defense? with Dak Prescott in that offense? They um, they love to let you throw on them. <laughs> the Detroit Lions do. And so 
I think that this has to be a, we have track stars, we have superstars, you know, we're not here for the, the little tiny plays. We're here to just get vertical and get airborne immediately. Um, and so you've got to let CeeDee Lamb be CeeDee Lamb, and you've got to use him. If CeeDee Lamb doesn't have something like 18 targets in this game, it's a, a catastrophic failure. And I know that that's a, a really dramatic way to put it, but he simply has to be that involved. And we have seen over the course of the entire season and really throughout his career, he is the straw that stirs the drink. When you get him involved, it's a domino effect, and all of a sudden more opportunities are there for Brandon Cooks, for Jake Ferguson, for Michael Gallup. You have to start with C.D. Lamb. You cannot act like, oh, it's enough. We're good. C.D. touched the ball six times. No, you always need more of C.D. Lamb, no matter what the case may be. And, and if you do that, you're going to open up the running game, which the Cowboys are definitely going to need in this football game. I mean, yeah, although the – prospect of that is terrifying just because the running game hasn't really worked for them this season. And I thought that they ran the ball well against Buffalo. I know that the game was just really bad all the way around, but right. it did feel like that was the one positive that they kind of had again, relatively speaking, but it was just such a bad day against Miami. And now they are the dolphins, such a blitz heavy team. I mean, they are all about attacking defensively. And so you're not walking into that hornet's nest. So maybe the, the opportunities for success will be there, but you're right. I mean, you're, you're running out of time to, to get any kind of success under your belt from a running game perspective. The playoffs start in two weeks. And so, you know, if you are looking for a chance to kind of feel good about yourself, this is it. When you look at special teams in this game, how important are they going to be coming up against the Lions? I mean, they've been excellent um, for the most part. I mean, yeah, you had the, the same Williams penalty in Buffalo and you have a hiccup here and there, but Brandon Aubrey continues to be Marvelous. I mean, Kevante Turpin is one of the better returners in the NFL. They're one of the elements of this overall team that I trust the most. But you're right. You have to make the most out of, you know, every chance. I mean, Jimmy Johnson was one of the first people, obviously, in modern times to put an emphasis on all three phases of the ball. And so on his night, if you don't make sure that you're winning that battle as well, you're really doing him a disservice. Don't you think in this game, especially since the it's the island game, like you call it, Special teams may be a place where you kind of throw the Lions off and maybe you take some chances this week there. I like the idea of that from a pizzazz standpoint, but I mean, those <laughs> things are, are such, you know, such heavy risk rewards um, because the last thing you need is to be up, you know, 13 to three and try this weird fake punt. And all of a sudden you put the Lions on your own 32 yard line and they're right back in this. And so, um, it is a game of risk and aggression, but it's a game of calculated risk and calculated aggression. And I do think that Mike McCarthy has had the right sort of feel for things. But even then, you know, the same Williams play I mentioned in Buffalo, that was John Fossil ordering his own code red, independent of Mike McCarthy. That was John Fossil ordering, you know, Sam Williams to go for it. That led to a penalty that kept the Buffalo Bills drive alive. They wound up scoring a touchdown. And I don't think that makes the difference in the Bills game. The Cowboys got beat all sorts of ways. But, you, you know, there, there's calculated conservatism as well. It, mm -hmm. it is a dance, and you have to be able to feel out for the right opportunity. RJ, did the Cowboys get it done on Saturday? Well, I'm 0 for 2 in my last two predictions. <laughs> uh, but, um, I mean, if they lose at home, uh, like, you know, I, I wouldn't say, like, you know, things are, are totally, you know, chaotic right now. But, you know, if they lose at home, because that's kind of what everyone's hanging their hat on. Okay, you guys may be frauds on the road, but at home, you do not lose. 
if they lose at home and for a third time in a row against a playoff team, then I do think the panic alarm is really going to go off. But they're not that team. They're not a team that kind of falls apart like that. So I trust them to get this win. I don't know that I would take them to cover. I mean, you know, again, the line has moved around a little bit. But I definitely think they walk away with a win. They stop the bleeding. And, again, they put Philadelphia in a bit of a contentious spot on Sunday afternoon. R.J. Atua blogging the boys with us here on ESPN Central Texas. R.J., always appreciate the time. Happy New Year. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you all in 2024. Have a happy New Year. There he goes, R.J. Atua blogging the boys. And he's out on a limb again, says the Cowboys are going to win. But it's not very far a limb when you're at home. No, and like we talked about a little bit yesterday, you know, the Lions are coming off the biggest win in their franchise in mm-hmm. over a quarter of a century. There's going to be a letdown. It may not be huge, but there's going to be some kind of letdown. And I think that the Cowboys are good enough anyway to beat them. And you combine it with that, I think the Cowboys win too. Should be a lot of fun. 7-15 kickoff, and you can hear that game right here on ESPN Central Texas. This is Press Box brought to you by Scott's Lease Trailers and Pickup Outfitters. And, well, she's back. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Dave Aranda is returning as head coach. It feels weird today saying, well, this person's gone, this person's gone, but this person stays. You know, I thought, didn't try to hide this, that it was time to move on from Dave Aranda. So I'm not going to change my tune now that he's back and be like, hey, man, this is great. This is a great decision. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. Payments for qualified buyers at 7% for 72 months, 5000 down. Cash or trade, TTL, extra city dealer for details. Rub construction continues and so do the savings at Richard Carr's pre-owned construction sale. Qualified buyers can get a 2016 GMC Terrain for just $214 a month or a 2016 GMC Sierra for $393 a month. Plus over 90 thirdly inspected pre-owned vehicles priced to sell. 100% approval is always their goal. Call now, log on now, or get here now for the pre-owned construction sales event at Richard Carr. At Richard Carr, we give you Happening now. Free lab-grown diamond earrings up to 4 carat total weight, free at DMRA Fine Jewelers. Spend $6.99 or more and get half carat to 4 carat lab-grown diamond stud earrings for free. 0% financing, on-site master jewelers, and up to 60% off Christmas specials. That's 0% financing, on-site master jewelers, and up to 60% off Christmas specials. You always receive more when you choose Diamore Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. See store for details. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. 
Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They have financing options to fit any budget. That's any budget. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. It's time for Stephanie Sports Talk, sponsored by Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, Lafayette Restaurant and Cantina, King Ranch Turfgrass, Mosby's Land Management, Myatt Fuels, and now, here's Stephanie. Here I am. Here you are. Here I am. <laughs> Aaron gets so excited every time he sees me walk into the studio. <laughs> I'm just like, are you sure calm about down, that? Aaron, just calm down. <laughs> I'm here all week. <laughs> here all week. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, came across this article on the Googles. Imagine that. Imagine that. So, you know, I think in the past I've done a story on, you know, professional athletes that are have starred in movies or they have turned their career, you know, into acting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to give you some actors name who have played in movies about sports. OK, actors that have played athletes in it, movies. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't even know what I just said, but yeah, so. Neither this, does anybody else. <laughs> okay, now. I'm having a rock star. Maybe that's it. Um, okay, the first one, Denzel Washington. Okay, mm-hmm. he played in a boxing movie, a football movie, and a basketball movie. Okay. Okay. Now, we know, remember the Titans. Yes. Okay, one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. The boxing one and basketball, I didn't even know. And we got game. That's the basketball movie. Uh-huh. And the hurricane. The hurricane. I don't even know is, who the hurricane is. That was, I think that's a true story, too. Probably. I think it is. I'm pretty, mm, 
I think it is a two-story, but that's where he played the, the boxer. Yeah, so um, I didn't see that one, and I didn't see We Got Game, but I did see Remember the Titans. So he's actually... It was a 2000 film. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but. that's okay. That's okay, Matt Mosley. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a biography starring Denzel. Playing, oh, okay. Playing Robin, uh, Reuben Hurricane Carter. Hurricane Carter. Interesting. I haven't seen it. I'll have to see Wrongly convicted of murder. So, oh, okay. Yeah. It's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's a good movie. Ew. I bet it's intense, too. Very. Okay. okay, you ready for this one? James Earl Jones. Okay, I remember him in two movies. Name those two movies, and I'll give you a monster. Ooh, James <laughs> Earl Jones. One is, the two of them are about baseball. Okay, Field of Dreams. Yes. Sandlot. Yep. Sand- I love that movie. Yep, good job. Yeah, that's good. But he also played in the Bingo Long Traveling All-Stars and Motor Kings back. It was made in 1976. I don't even, it's a baseball movie, I guess, but it's, I've never it's seen kinda it. It's kind of like the baseball Harlem Globetrotters is who that was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and then he played in The Great White in 1970, which was a boxing story. Oh, okay. And it is a biography. Me neither. I've never seen that. Okay. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Well, the water boy. Uh-huh. Um, he the loves sports, so he's in. He's he was in, in The Longest Yard, yeah. the remake. Yeah. And yeah. then also Happy Gilmore, which is the oh, stupidest yeah. movie ever. That movie is awesome. How dare you? And the water boy is dumb. So, like, dumb, 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 dumb. It's but a shame also, we have to end this segment so early. <laughs> <laughs> he was also in a recent movie um, where he plays a... In a basketball movie. Mm-hmm. There it's, you go. It was called Hustle. It was in 2022. It came out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but the water boy, Scott just loves the water boy. It's a good movie. And my son. I, I don't get it. No. I, it's dumb. Okay. My Another favorite actor of mine is Robert De Niro. Raging Bull, 1980. He actually right. um, won an Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. And then he also played in 2016. I didn't know this. Um, Hands of Stone. It's a boxing movie about the legendary boxer uh, trainer Roberto Duran. Right. And then Grudge Match. That was in 2013. They it did not get very many reviews. I don't think I've ever seen. I that. don't. I don't need. I didn't even hear. Yeah. No. Okay. Now I threw an actress in there. Renee Russo. Can you name these movies? Tin Cup. Of course, her famous one. Mm-hmm. And. Major League and Major League Two. Yes. Okay. Those were kind of dumb movies, too, I think. No. Stop it. <laughs> she also played with Al Pacino. With I don't know. She also played with Al Pacino in Two for the Money in 2005. It was a gambling movie, I think. Yeah. That also had Matthew uh, McConaughey in it. Okay. Good yeah. movie. I don't know if I ever saw it or it's not. A, it's a true story. I don't know if I ever saw you it. You need to see that one. Okay. Love this guy, Robert Duvall. Well, he's been in a bunch of them. Uh-huh. The Natural, for one. Correct. Days of Thunder, The Racing. Right, with um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Kicking and Screaming in 2005. I don't know what that one is. I don't either. Do you, Aaron? Kicking and Screaming? Soccer movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you watch Kid, it? Kids soccer. Yeah, it was funny. It was it good? Was Will Ferrell. Oh, so it was more... Okay. More on the funny side, not serious. He also starred in Hustle in 2022. He had a role in that. And mm-hmm. then... The Twelve Mighty Orphans in 2021. 
We that's talked about Worth. this movie. Yep, that's from the the orphanage in Fort Worth. And was it they were, um, what were they like? Was it football or? Yeah, football. Okay, yeah. They filmed that at uh, the Rock, Cleveland Yellow Jacket Stadium. That's where oh, they wow. filmed that. Okay. No. Yeah, and then he also played in Seven Days in Utopia, which I think that's a soccer movie. I, I don't, never I, saw it. I, it. I don't know. Came out in 2011. I never saw it, but I think it's about soccer. Now, this guy has played the most roles about sports. Who do you think it is? Well, I, I He's would had have. more roles. Mr. Yellowstone himself, Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he... He was in American Flyers in 1985, which was about, I think it was about. Bicycles. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But was it, it wasn't about Lance Armstrong. It was. No, no, no. no. I, mean, I don't know but how it was. About, it was about the Tour de France. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, of course, Ten Cup, we all know. Draft mm-hmm. Day. Did you ever see that movie? Draft Day. Yep. Good. Loved that movie. Loved that movie. Great movie. It, well, you didn't like it? No, no. I mean, it, he, what he did would have never happened in the NFL, but it's a movie. It's it a was movie. Still really I liked good. it. It was good. I liked it. And then he also played, of course, Play It to the Bone in 1999. Mm-hmm. The Art of Racing in the Rain, 2019. Never saw it. Um, Love of the Game in 1999. Great movie. Filmed at the, uh, that was filmed at the uh, Temple, the original ballpark in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then I loved this movie. He played in McFarland, USA, which is a true story about a track coach who takes um, these immigrants who work on the fields and actually take them to the state championship. Oh, okay. For um, track. Um, and it was done in like Southern Southern California, closest to the border. I can't even remember the name of town. Okay. But it's a true story. It is a great movie if you haven't watched it. It's kind of... What's the name of it? Uh, McFarland, USA. Okay. And um, the these Hispanic children end up on his team and these families take them in which is cool um and so it, it's a great story you just got to watch it and so all of his kids on the track team all ended up either being a coach going on full ride scholarships and that was kind of unique because since they were immigrants trying to get their citizenship mm-hmm. to be able to go to college they were like the first ones in their families to go to college some are even coaching and teaching now some went into the military but they all have had success, and um, it is a, just it is a great story. And um, the coach who I can't even remember his name that Kevin Costner plays actually won like four or five state championships in track and field. So um, it's a great, great story, great movie. But so Kevin Costner has Jim White is who he played. There it is. Do you know who he is? I do not. Yeah, read. You should read up on him. It, it's it's a great feel good story. And it's true, but Kevin Costner has the most roles in any sports movie out there. Hmm. Did not know that. How about that? I know. I didn't realize that. No. And then there was one movie that I liked, and I always thought it was Kevin Costner, but it was actually Dennis Quaid, the rookie. Remember that? Yeah, that's when the high school baseball coach goes and tries out for Major League Baseball. Uh Uh-huh, and then he ends up pitching for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. He goes back, and um, that's a true story, and... That's a good movie too. So absolutely. So kind of serious, not serious today, but just interesting to know some, some movie tips for yeah. your holiday weekend. Yeah. So if you don't want to watch football all weekend, just what? go to Netflix, see if one of these movies. Stop are. it. I'm watching football. Okay. You know my house was a football. But house. you could watch these like 
after the games are over. Exactly. Spend your New Year's Day when the games aren't on. Eat your black eyed peas. You, you definitely have to do that. Mm-hmm. And your cabbage. You got to have cabbage. No. No, you so don't. I thought my grandma always made us eat black eyed peas and cabbage. And corned beef. Or no, that's St. Patrick's Day. Oof. <laughs> Maybe it's pork or pastrami or something. I don't know, but you're supposed to eat black something. Black-eyed peas and greens is what we always have. Oh, I like greens. Yeah, but you're supposed to have black-eyed peas. Greens are for money. Black-eyed peas are for good luck. Oh, we better be eating a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You can't ever find fresh black-eyed peas anymore like you used to could. You know what? I actually bought some. Where did you find them? At H-E-B. Fresh? But- Oh, not fresh. They were in a bag. Is that no, fresh? No, that's not fresh. Well, you got to cook them. That's f- what that. Yeah, you do. I'm talking about fresh out of the field. Oh, like, like you peas. get and put in a bag like yourself. You get, yeah, like you. Yeah, well, I don't like know where you, you find that. You used to find them at the farmer's market, but I've stopped by a couple of them. and They, they don't just, have them anymore? Well, I don't I don't know if they're just not growing. Somebody tell I me. I don't even know where they grow. In the ground. They do? Not on a tree? I thought beans are on a tree. No. Well, peas, they come in a little stalk. Isn't it on a tree? Nope. See, I am not a farmer. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> I can grow herbs and that's it. Okay. <laughs> Rosemary. That's, that's something. Rosemary. Um, yeah. Yeah. So get your black eyed peas. You better go get them now. I know. I haven't gotten mine yet. I you need better to go, go get, get them now because last year I tried to get them and... There was like one can of black eyed peas. There was none that you could like the ones that come in the bag that you make yourself. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. So we, we have, have already, one can. We may have already missed the boat on that. I see. I was ahead of y'all on that one. Yeah, they may be out already. Well, I know where I'm going after the show. I <laughs> <laughs> get your black eyed peas. You gotta have them. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. All right, Steph. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. Coming up next, we'll get back into some college football. That's next in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Scott Drew and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor men christen the new Foster Pavilion January 2nd against Cornell. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off January 2nd. Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat and John all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 and Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. 
Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at SyntechSportsFan.com. Don't go through another year with that awful joint pain. Call QC Connects right now. Make 2024 the year you go back to living normal life again. Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. QC Connects can give you your life back. The nation's leader in regenerative medicine. These are all natural treatments that can repair and restore that damaged tissue, giving you pain-free movement. Again, if you have pain from an old injury or pain associated with arthritis, you need to check this out. The future of medicine is here. Regenerative treatments from QC Kinetics. Make the call now so you can get the most out of 2024. Get back to doing what you love. And don't forget, you can use your HSA and FSA funds. Call QC Kinetics for free consultation. 254-415-4100. QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100. From our family to yours, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina wants to thank Central Texas for voting them as the best of Tex-Mex restaurant for 2023. And thank you for the votes for the best of chips and hot sauce, best margaritas, best enchiladas, best queso, and the best tortillas. Making you hungry? Then stop on at La Fiesta Restaurant off Franklin Avenue in Waco. Check them out online at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Are you looking for some great last-minute gifts for the fishing or boating enthusiast in your life? Check out Marineland Boating Center's Christmas clearance sale. Get discounts on fishing gear or awesome water sports accessories for the whole family. Save money on great his and hers gifts like hats, shirts, and hoodies from your favorite brands in boating, Tracker, Nitro, Mercury, and more. And right now, you can even get thousands of dollars in cash back on Mercury Motor-Powered Sun Tracker pontoons. Come check out Marineland Boating Center by the intersection of I-35 and Loop 340. Come by with your family because they won't want to miss seeing the tallest Christmas tree in McLennan County. Marineland Boating Center is an authorized WREMG boat dealer. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, from the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios. This is KRZI Waco, K222 DC Waco, K265 DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas, brought to you by Scott's Lease Trailers and Pickup Outfitters here on this Wednesday. is Bowl Day is just about to get underway with Virginia Tech and Tulane kicking off here in just a couple of minutes as they both have taken the field. Should be a pretty good ball game. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really don't have a feel for this one, Aaron. Do you? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch, but, yeah, I have no idea who's going to win. Yeah, I, I don't either. It, it may be fun to, to try to keep up with it. All right, we'll uh, visit with Scott Wright coming up in just a few minutes as we'll get an insight to Oklahoma State and the Aggies of Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl coming up tonight. And Scott will join us in the next segment. But the interesting little grading of the Big 12 teams for the 2023 season, this is by – Athlon Sports, and we'll just go down the list in the order that they have them here. Grading the Big 12, Baylor, D. Bears continue to trend in the wrong direction since their 21 Big 12 title with the 3-9 finish. Team's only victories came against two newcomers, UCF and Cincinnati. 
and they ranked last in the Big 12 in scoring offense and defense. Yeah, and look, I really like the quarterback uh, from Toledo. I think that's a huge get. But they said they were going to be extremely active in the portal. Five mm-hmm. players is not extremely active. And t- actually, it's not even that many because I think they had a couple of JUCO kids, mm-hmm. which great. I-, I think all everybody they signed so far are great additions, but that's not super active. And there's still a ways to go. I understand that. But as of right now, hasn't been a lot. No, there hasn't. And they only signed nine high school players. So it's uh, can't can't argue with that much. It's not. It's not still time promising. to change. But right now. They are definitely not like jumping into the portal feet first as far as the number of people signed. They may be as far as who they're recruiting and who they end up signing, but they're not there yet. BYU gets a C on the 2023 season. Uh, the Cougars had a tough schedule in the Big 12 debut, but picked up quality wins against Arkansas and Texas Tech. Went 5-7. and seven. The offense was average uh, for the Cougars, but a C, I think it's fair for BYU. Yeah, that's about right. Cincinnati, D. And that's probably mm-hmm. probably about right for them as well. They got the early start 2-0 and and then lost nine of their next ten games. So Cincinnati, you know, and we said, look, I think Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, and UCF coming into this conference, it's going to be a little bit more difficult than people think. They're not going to step into this conference and just take over the conference. I figured UCF would be the best team in the conference, uh, the newcomers, and they were, no doubt. Yeah, and, and- – Look, this isn't the doggone Baylor. I think everyone who listens knows how much I love Baylor. But yeah, you can see that the new ad- how how much the new additions, how far they have to go mm-hmm. just by their Baylor. You know, Baylor was one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve last year. They were one of the worst teams in the country statistically, but one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve. And they beat both UCF and Cincinnati. Didn't play BYU, but sh- and and lost this Houston team in overtime that they should have won that. So, yeah, they, they've all got an uphill battle. I think that's a fair grade. Houston, they get a D as well. I'm surprised they got a D. I would give them a higher grade. They they got the win over Baylor. They almost beat Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they showed some signs. I would but, give them at least like a C plus. Yeah, but the only bad thing about it is they did go 4-8. and eight, And did. you are what your record says you are. And it cost Dana Hogerson his job. So the coach is out. I think a D is about right for them. Maybe a C, C minus, but a D, I'm fine with the D. How about Iowa State with a B plus? Yeah, you did an amazing job. I mean, you're talking about especially you're going into the season and you're kind of handicapped from everything that happened in the gambling scandal. Yeah, you lose your starting quarterback, your starting running back, a starting defensive lineman, a starting offensive lineman, and they just still rolled on and had a great season. Yeah, it was a remarkable job by by uh, Campbell coaching them this year for kansas state they grade them out at a b and they lost their starting quarterback jalen daniels to injury early in the season and yet still found a way Wait, who jalen daniels no who are we talking about kansas oh i thought you said kansas state okay. no kansas they get a b and they just went a bowl game so yeah that's i would say b plus <laughs> i i can to, agree to with do that. that without your starting quarterback who was preseason all-American candidate mm-hmm. and preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year to still do what they did. Actually, I'd probably give them an A. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Kansas State gets a B plus. Yeah, they were they were a two bad losses away from an A. I think. 
I would give them a B, not a B plus. They returned a lot of players, and they still had a chance to win the Big Twelve, but they had they had a couple of losses. You're like, eh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went eight and four. Uh, in fact, they lost to Missouri, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Iowa State by one score or less. So. Yeah, it was all close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you pull the cup, you know, it's, Missouri obviously is non-conference, but if you if they you know, win a couple of those close games, they're Big 12 champions. How about Oklahoma with an A? You taking that one? Sure. I mean, they as bad as they were last year to mm-hmm. be right back in the uh, conversation, national conversation, you know, and and win as many games as they did. Had a chance to make the Big 12 championship game, didn't, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a uh, a huge turnaround from the previous season. I agree with that 100%. Oklahoma State, A-. minus. Yep. Coach Mike Gundy team uh, in the Big 12 title race again. And I think he did an outstanding job. And, again, we'll talk to uh, Scott Wright coming up in just a few minutes about this. But everybody was saying that Mike Gundy is rear end was on fire going into the season. Well, and I talked talked about it on numerous times on the shows before the season, how I thought they were going to be terrible. They lost a ton of players for the second year in a row in the portal. They didn't bring in as many, and mm-hmm. I didn't think as good. Um, but apparently they brought in the right ones, including an All-American running back, and they had a great season. Uh, Gundy and Campbell both just did phenomenal jobs this year. I thought both those teams would be terrible, and both of them ended up with great years, uh, and Oklahoma State ended up in the Big 12 championship game. Again. Sure pretty, did. Pretty, pretty remarkable. TCU gets a D with several key players from last year's team uh, from the national title moving on to the NFL. Uh, you kind of expect them to take a little bit of a step back, but five and seven is nowhere near where people thought they should be. No, they. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that grade is that grade maybe a little nice. I, I, if there was, I would honestly have probably Baylor and TCU both. I don't know. It would take me some time to think about it, but they would both be close to F's. For, I, no, I, it doesn't take me. Those would both be F's for me. Those those seasons were disastrous for both teams that had high expectations coming in this year. Mm-hmm. TCU especially coming off the national championship games. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think both TCU should be an F. I think Baylor should too. Texas, A-plus, no doubt. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. They got it turned around, and they're going to play for a national championship probably. Texas Tech with a C. Mm. That's fair. I think it is. They were up and down, and it looked like the, the season was going to go the way of Baylor's season, but they did get it turned around enough to get themselves in a bowl game, and a, they won that bowl game. So I'd, I'd probably say C-plus. I thought the expectations preseason were too high anyway for his second year. Yeah, they were a sleeper pick by a lot of people, and that's probably not because of the roster. That's because that of Joey McGuire. Right. Yeah, I did get that right. They finished about where I thought, but I was wrong on pretty much everybody else in the conference. UCF with a C. They went 6-7, and seven, uh, and they had the best debut of the four newcomers, just like we said a few moments ago. But uh, for UCF, I think that's about fair, a mm-hmm. C for them. I don't have a problem with that. No, and, that's about right. And West Virginia gets an A minus, and that may be too low. In they my should opinion. get an A plus. They I, should absolutely should get it. That should be an. The, uh, West Virginia and Texas are easy A pluses. 
the do the the job that Neil Brown did was even better than the job I think that that oh, I think. Gundy and and Campbell did, and they both did great jobs. I mean, I, I think he should be the coach of the conference. He was out the door. He was out the door. They oh, were yeah. they were already he was a mid season compiling. Fire. They already had a list, I'm sure, of replacements for him. Yeah, after he started off struggling, and they could fire him mid season, like you just said. But he didn't do that. They overachieved dramatically and had a really, really great season. So that's off to Neil Brown in West Virginia, and that's an A-plus. I just thought that was an interesting to check out and see what the grades for the Big 12 uh, this past season were. And I really don't have a problem with any of them, but I think, again, West Virginia is too low and maybe Baylor and TCU is too high. Yeah, I, th- that's, I think it's a good list when we go down it and we're – not more than one one letter grade mm-hmm. different on any of them. So, yeah, I, I like that list. All right. The Oklahoma State Cowboys, number 20 in the country, taking on A&M in Houston tonight at NRG Stadium in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Scott Wright from the Oklahoma will join us next. We'll talk about that game coming up for the Cowboys. That's next on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor, Big 12 women's basketball on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women opening Big 12 play Saturday, December 30th in Austin against Texas. 12.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 1 p.m. tip-off. Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball. ESPN Central Texas. Jay here from Pickup Outfitters. Well, 2023 is almost over, and here we are making plans for 24. As you know, for several years, we've been battling truck nudity in Central Texas. It's been a tough fight, but we've gained a lot of ground making our roads safe and decent from naked trucks. But every now and then, we see a truck without a stitch of accessory on it. No bed cover, grill guard, toolbox. Heck, some trucks don't even have steps on them. So as you think about what you'd like to accomplish, we invite you to join our cause in 24, and we're going to help you in this final week of the year. If you own a truck without anything on it, or you have a friend or neighbor with a naked truck, please send them to the brand new location of Pickup Outfitters on West Waco Drive. We've got lots of specials and free incentives to close out the year. Check them out online at createacommotion.com. Happy New Year from Pickup Outfitters, 4535 West Waco Drive in Waco. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. Thank you for a record-setting November and make a JTC your number one full-service Chevrolet store. With all of our new inventory, it's starting to look a little like Christmas. At Jim Turner Chevrolet, we also have the largest selection of certified pre-owned and in need for more. So before you spend too much, give us the opportunity to earn your business. Give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Find new roads. Road trip! Take a road trip to Genco. Skip your car payments for 70 days. Refi your vehicle. Drop your rate. Rates as low as 5.69% APR for 48 months. Apply online for an additional discount of 0.15% off your loan. Genco is extending its auto refi road trip to December 30th. Last chance of the year to get your best rate ever. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. For more information, go to GencoSCU.org, member NCUA. Genco! The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. 
Happening now. Free lab-grown diamond earrings up to 4 carat total weight. Free at DMRA Fine Jewelers. Spend $6.99 or more and get half carat to 4 carat lab-grown diamond stud earrings for free. 0% financing on-site master jewelers and up to 60% off Christmas specials. That's 0% financing on-site master jewelers and up to 60% off Christmas specials. You always receive more when you choose Diamore Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. See store for details. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas here on this Wednesday and bowl games underway a full slate of games coming up today joining us now from the oklahoma scott wright talk a little cowboys as oklahoma state will take on texas a&m at nrg stadium tonight in houston and scott appreciate the time happy new year to you hey same to you ward thanks for having me you bet oklahoma state we were talking a little bit ago about the cowboys and what they were able to accomplish this season with mike gundy and i think there was a lot of question marks coming into this season with Gundy and how many players they lost in the transfer portal for the second year. And he gets them to a really good bowl game and also gets them to a Big 12 championship. Just an outstanding job by Mike Gundy. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. No, not at all. You know, um, you look at where they were after four games. You know, they they, they won the first two. Uh, then they lose bad to South Alabama at home. And, and uh, then they go on the road to Iowa State and get beat up there and showed a little bit more life up there but still you looked at that team and uh i mean i'll be honest i was i was making plans for this week to uh, to be doing something else because i didn't think i was going to be covering a bowl game right now at the end of september so uh and like you said they turned things around got going and uh, ended up in the, in the big 12 title game and, and lose to texas there but um sitting here on the verge of a 10-win season um you know you take a look at the uh the 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 entirety of what he did this year, I think this is one of Mike Gunny's best coaching jobs, if not his best. Scott, what changed in in the season? What what was the turning point or the shining moment for this Cowboy football team? It all centers around Ollie Gordon. Um, you know, they were uh, they were kind of you know obviously the first three games they played three different quarterbacks trying to to solidify what they were trying to do there, and and they were doing the same thing at running back. They were uh, you know spreading things around. Through three games, Ollie Gordon had 19 carries for 109 yards, and they kind of streamlined some of their blocking schemes. Uh, kind of took out some of the uh, some of the zone read stuff that wasn't a real great option with uh, with Alan Bowman at quarterback, and got Ollie Gordon going downhill. 
um, running more out of uh, you know the pistol formation rather than than being side by side with the quarterback in the shotgun. And they they realized just how talented this kid was. You know, a lot of people thought he was good. Uh, nobody knew. Nobody expected him to go win the Doak Walker and, and do what he did this year. So um, once they figured that out, it uh, it really changed everything. And and then you know by the end of the season, you saw some people start to to catch up with uh, with what they were doing offensively in the run game and put a little bit more pressure on Alan Bowman to throw the ball and uh, and and they end up picking up a couple of losses down the stretch but um, but still that's uh, that was the, uh, the the big moment when they decided all right Bowman's our guy at quarterback we got to go we got to go feed Ollie Gordon and, and make him our featured running back and uh, and he just became a star where is this offensive line in being able to get that running game going how big a part of that not only having Alan Bowman and understanding his role but the offensive line being able to just put their knuckles in the turf and go forward. Yeah, that was uh, that was the, uh, the the thing that was honestly uh, probably a bigger surprise than than Ollie Gordon's emergence because, like I said, people thought Ollie had some talent and he's obviously got a big body and and very physical. Um, but I mean, this is the same offensive line that, that struggled to to, uh, to run block last year. Um, you know, they were they were mediocre through the first three games and uh, and. They found a, a scheme and a, a you know a set of, uh, of of blocking schemes that really work for them and fit what they're trying to do and um, and they got really good at those so um, they they deserve a lot of credit because uh, through through three four games it didn't look like they were uh, an offensive line that was going to be able to to, to move the uh, to keep an offense on the field so uh, really impressive job by those guys Scott Wright with the Oklahoma Talking Cowboys with us here on the press box on ESPN Central Texas and Scott. For this Sooners defense, can they keep it going in this bowl game coming up? And the other thing I wanted to ask you is transfer portal. It's been disastrous for the Cowboys the past two seasons. Do you see it being a disaster again this year? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll start there and then come back around to the defense. But uh, the portal has uh, has not been a big issue for them this year. Um, you know, the uh, the guys that they brought in through the portal last year after they had all those losses mm-hmm. uh, were were a very team-oriented group of guys, and they really changed the attitude of the team in the locker room, whereas they uh, a lot of, you look at a lot of the guys that they lost were guys that were that were more divisive in the locker room. Uh, they were talented guys, but but they they were uh, the, the 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 whole vibe of the locker room changed completely when they brought in uh, the 13 guys that they had to bring in through the portal last year. And now you look at uh, at where they're at uh, through the uh, the early part of the portal window here. Um, you know they've had three guys that I would say are uh, are, are you know, legit guys on the two deep that that would have been uh, you know guys that would play would have played tonight. Um, beyond that, it's it's guys that are further down the depth chart. Um, you know guys that had redshirted, um, or you know in the case of, of Gunnar Gundy, Mike Gundy's son, uh, a guy that just knew that uh, that he wasn't going to be the guy. He uh, he was third string and uh, and wants a, wants a chance to go finish out his career. He got his OSU degree uh, earlier uh, uh, this month and uh, wants to go finish out his career having a chance to play. So, um, you know, they're at seven guys in the portal right now plus a couple of, uh, of walk-ons. Um, and, uh, and they've already got two guys uh, committed out of the portal. So, um, you know, for as bad as it's been uh, the last couple of years, this year does not look that way. And then coming back around to your, your question about the, uh, uh, the OSU defense, the big question is, what the heck is A&M's offense going to look like? Right. And they, their head coach, offensive coordinator, both gone. Um, they got so many guys in the portal or, or heading to the NFL draft, uh, mostly on defense, but especially on, but but some on offense as well. So 
um, you know, that's the big question. I think uh, this defense is excited to play, but you just don't know what the schemes are going to look like, what you're going to be facing from, from Texas A&M tonight. It's kind of like not having film on somebody, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's it's like uh, it's more like a like a season opener at a against a team that that you know had that had a coaching change in the off season uh, because there's so so much personnel movement, coaching changes. Um, you know, Elijah Robinson. I think sounds sounds like he's saying all the right things, but at the same time, he's still recruiting for for Syracuse and and trying to coach A and M and uh, being pulled in a lot of directions and. Um, you know, it's just a, a tough situation. I think I saw a report last night that said they're going to have 55 scholarship players uh, suited up for this game tonight. So wow. Just hard to know what to expect from those guys. When you see something like that and you have the defense and the defensive speed that Oklahoma State has, do you think they pin their ears back and just try to make things difficult early in this ball game? maybe take some risk on the defensive side of the ball to get A&M off schedule? You know, if if I'm Brian Nardo, that's what I'm doing. Uh, you look at, uh, I mean, even when, when they had all their parts together, uh, this was a team that gave up a lot of sacks. Uh, so I think that's a, a place that you attack. Uh, if you're Oklahoma State, you get a get a guy like Colin Oliver coming off the edge or your, your more traditional defensive ends. Nathan Latu has been really good at getting to the quarterback. You get those guys, uh, get those guys rolling a little bit, give them some, uh, some chances to, uh, to, um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of confuse some guys or uh, give them some different looks. Mm-hmm. I think you can really keep a uh, an offense unsettled uh, if you uh, if you attack and and make things difficult on them. Uh, because you know, this is a, a lot, there's going to be guys on this offense that uh, are making their first start of the year and and are having to um, you know adjust to to what they've tried to learn over the last 15 practices. And I think it's a good area to attack if you're Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State on offense, what do they have to do to be successful tonight with Allen Bowman? Yeah, you know the, uh, the the thing I'll be interested to see as as teams started catching up to Oklahoma State's run game later in the year, they they went to uh, to throwing the ball heavy early because you you if things go the way you want, you're going to be pounding the ball to Ollie Gordon in the second half, and and so to kind of save him some wear and tear. At the times when an offense or when a defense is really trying to take away your run game, they went to the air early, and I think that's what you'll probably see is uh, is give Bowman a chance to uh, to throw the ball around, get Brennan Presley, uh, Rashad Owens, Leon Johnson in, involved in the passing game early, and try to open some things up. And then then you uh, you go to a heavy dose of Ollie Gordon, and if you keep yourself on schedule, keep yourself uh, in a close game, whether you're uh, you know a little bit behind or, or have a good lead, you can really pound the ball with Ollie then and, uh, and be a, uh, uh, he can be a game changer that, uh, that we've seen him be over the course of the year. If the Cowboys get up by two touchdowns, Scott, do you feel like that they'll try to shorten that game? Yeah, I would, I would absolutely expect that. You'll see, you'll see them go to, uh, uh, you know, you'll see them huddling more. You'll see them taking their time, getting to the line, and then, and then running the ball to, uh, to really milk that clock. That's something they're very comfortable doing. Um, you know, Bowman, it's, it's interesting to see him, see him doing that because Texas Tech, uh, for all those years, it was all about uh, getting lined up and getting the play snapped and, and, and getting the ball thrown. But, um, but he really understands that game and, uh, and, and how to use his, uh, his run game effectively and, and, uh, and wind the clock down in those situations. Why do the Cowboys win tonight? Um, I'm going to stick with that run game. You look at, at – the, uh, if you look at the biggest pieces that Texas A&M lost, it's all in their run defense. Those, those 
defensive tackles, uh, Cooper at linebacker. Those are the guys that mm-hmm. made this run defense as good as it was, which is one of the best or the best in the SEC, which is saying something. So um, I think that's where it comes down to. Uh, Oklahoma State ultimately is going to have the ability to run the football with Ollie Gordon, uh, and you know, um, you know, he's announced now that he is going to stay at OSU for for his junior season in 2024, and um, you know, in in many ways, this is the kickoff for his Heisman campaign for 2024, and I think Oklahoma State's going to maybe they don't maybe they don't uh, don't entirely view it that way, uh, but they know that's uh, they've got that in the back of their heads. It's, it's, this is a, a moment where they can go let Ollie Gordon shine put up some big numbers potentially and uh, and and really draw some spotlight to him for next season. Scott Wright with the Oklahoma talk in Oklahoma State as they get ready to take on the Aggies tonight in the Texas Bowl. And Scott, the over-under is 54 points. Is there any way this game gets that high? Boy, I sure, I sure don't see it. Um, just with uh, uh, between the two teams, I think you'll see, you're going to see uh, a decent amount of running. I don't. I, I don't think that uh, that either team is going to be trying to, to to run and gun in this game. So that that number really surprised me as well. So I don't. I would I would be playing the under, but uh, but don't also don't take betting advice from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 there's a reason I write about stuff and uh, and, I'm, I, and don't live in Vegas. So. Scott, what is the biggest objective that Mike Gundy has to get done this off season for this football team? You, you know, I think um, it doesn't necessarily fall entirely on on Mike Gundy, but uh, but getting to the next level with this defense. You know, this was the first year running Brian Nardo's three three five. Uh, it was obviously a learning experience for Nardo. He had never coordinated a game above the Division two level, um, so there were moments when you saw him. Um, I don't want to say being outmatched, but but um, you know, with, when you go against a better chess player, you're you're going to lose some, and 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 he he learned. Uh, a lot, I think, from going against some of the uh, the offensive coordinators that he faced in this league. So, um, really important offseason for him from a uh, from a self scouting standpoint, understanding where offenses are trying to attack, and then uh, and then in, in terms of of Gundy as a whole, maintaining the culture that they've really developed this year. They 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 take a lot of pride in their culture, um, but with some of the guys that they had, like I talked about earlier, the guys that that departed last year in the transfer portal. Uh, the attitude around the uh, the locker room had changed, and and they've got that back on track now. So maintaining that, keeping it going forward with the guys that they've got, which I think will be pretty easy, uh, because the uh, the guys that they have are uh, are uh, are really good locker room guys. You know, Ollie Gordon, Colin Oliver, uh, some of the other veterans on this team are guys that have been exceptional leaders for this ball club. So um, maintaining that attitude. Uh, and 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 building on it with the, the newcomers, I think will uh, will only further what this team's able to do a year from now. How much did that change being able to change the culture in that locker room? It was it was massive. I, I, I tell you, the the when we got to start talking to guys back in spring, you think about the way things ended for Oklahoma State last year, where they lost six of their last seven games. They climbed into the top ten. They beat Texas at home in in late October. And then the season just falls off the cliff, uh, and 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 then you had the attitude issues with with some of the guys that left, and it just you expected spring ball to be a a, a team that felt kind of lost, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what direction they were supposed to be going in, and it was not that way at all. You could tell early on in March that uh, that uh, that things had had flipped really quickly, and the attitude was so much improved, and. Uh, you know, you didn't know you didn't know what to expect when they got on the field because they were bringing in, um, you know, a group of five.
transfers and uh, things like that. You know, they had Dalton Cooper from Texas State, um, who had been a really good player at Texas State. You didn't know what he'd be able to do at Oklahoma State against against Big 12 defenses. And, right. and he gets moved to left tackle in the third game of the season and becomes their best offensive lineman. So you had you had moments like that that you, you weren't sure what to expect. But you could tell right away that the attitude had had flipped entirely from what you expected it to be just a few months after the 22 season ended. Scott, the NIL has changed college football. The transfer portal has changed college football. How much has it changed at Oklahoma State? How big a player is the NIL? And is that the reason why they got these guys coming in that they've got right now? You know, it's uh, it's interesting at Oklahoma State because they do have they have a, a decent financial backing, but it's nothing crazy. Right. Um, so they understand that they have to be smart about how they do it. Um, but for instance, um, you know, Pokes with a Purpose, their NIL collective went to work really quickly when it became obvious that Ollie Gordon was going to be a guy that was going to have, uh, you know, some financial opportunities that they probably couldn't match. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure if, if Ollie had, had wanted to listen to him, and I'm sure he listened to some of them, uh, there was probably some some big dollar figures being floated around for him. Uh, but but OSU got proactive in how they handled it. Um, they were uh, they were talking to his family right away and making sure that that he knew how important he was to them. And uh, you know, it's just kind of a sign of the times. On on Christmas Eve, Ollie posts a video that's just saying that he's not leaving. And and that's uh, you know that's where we are in college football right now. Ollie Gordon, a second year player as a true sophomore, is not draft eligible, but he has to announce that he's not leaving college. Right. It's, just, it's so weird to. Uh, to, to those of us who've been around the game for so long, but um, yeah, that's kind of kind of where we are. But but Oklahoma State is, um, you know, last year was a, was a really eye-opening thing for Oklahoma State in terms of the NIL. Mike Gundy in particular, because he was very slow to adapt to it. He did not like it. He still doesn't like it, but he understands he has to use it. And uh, and and they're they're being much more proactive in how they're approaching it now. And you talk about Mike Gundy not liking it. I think there's a lot of coaches out there that really don't like it because of the fact that, in your opinion, has this changed the game so much to where we now have college free agency? Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is. Just like, uh, just like with, with, with Ollie, like what I was talking about, um, he could have just put himself out there on the market, you know, in whatever, uh, you know, whatever legal way is possible within the, the – whichever rules are being paid attention to. I don't even know really sometimes. <laughs> what what um, rules, Scott? <laughs> what, yeah, right. What exactly. rules? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he could have just marketed himself to, to the highest bidder and, and taken whatever offer was out there and, uh, and gone and played, you know, his one more year of college and then jumped to the NFL. At least that's what I expect him to do after, uh, after his junior season. So – um, you know, and, and even guys that aren't as high profile as the Doak Walker Walker Award winner mm-hmm. uh, can do can do the same thing. You know, if you're a, a, a really solid cornerback, not even a first team All Big Twelve guy, but but just a really good cornerback, somebody's going to be willing to take you on and uh, and pay you some money to come play for their program if they need a corner. So it's it, it really is it's it's free agency and uh, um, you know there's uh, there's but there's no contracts involved and. Um, you know, there's nothing keeping a player out of program beyond the, the one year that he's uh, agreeing to come for, and it's just uh, it's just it's just chaos trying to keep up with it. Surely, there's no phone calls being made during the season, is there? Oh, I was. <laughs> oh, college football programs wouldn't break any rules that they're not supposed to be breaking, would they? No. Oh my goodness, no. Of course not. All right, Scott, your prediction for tonight's game against the Aggies. 
Uh, yeah, I like uh, I like I like Oklahoma State by a touchdown. I think uh, uh, you know something probably in the uh, twenty-four to seventeen range for uh, for Oklahoma State. Like we talked about, I don't see it getting to be in that uh, that fifty-plus point total. So um, you know, a good game, and uh, and I think Texas A&M will be um, you know they'll they'll show their talent, but but I think ultimately the uh, the the lack of continuity within that program is going to come back to bite them, and, and Oklahoma State takes advantage of it. Scott Wright with the Oklahoman here in the press box with us on ESPN Central Texas. Scott, happy New Year! I certainly appreciate your time as always, and let's talk some basketball coming up in a in a week or so as the Big Twelve gets started. Absolutely, sounds sounds good, Ward. Thanks for having me. You bet. There he goes, Scott Wright with the Oklahoman, and thinks the Cowboys get it done against A and M, and I don't think he's wrong. I I think A and M is probably Disarray is the correct word. Yeah, that's a great (laughs) word. That's a great word because they have already been hammered by the transfer portal with players leaving, and only 50 scholarship players will be suited up tonight. I think think if this is a – the last regular season game of the year, A&M probably wins by 10. But with everything that's happened, I think Oklahoma State, even with as talented as Texas A&M still is, Mm -hmm. losing all those players, I think Oklahoma wins – Oklahoma State wins this going away, like you said. I, I I just I can't see it any other way. Right now they don't have a quarterback. They don't. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. They I do mean, not. well, there are a lot of big things because they don't have a coach. They don't have a lot of things. <laughs> but the most important thing I think is they don't have a quarterback right yeah. now, and, and it's hard to good. win football games that way. It absolutely is. It'll be interesting. I think I'm really gonna have my eye on this game because I want to see how it turns out. And I I do think, in my opinion. I don't think they get 54, but I think I think Oklahoma State rolls them. I do too. The Aggie offense wasn't super awesome great during this season when they had everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they are really going to struggle tonight. All right, that comes up at 8 o'clock. Right now in the Military Bowl, uh, it is Tulane 7 and Virginia Tech 3 with 2.39 to go in the first quarter. So... Bowl day is underway, and it just does it get any better than this time of year with all the bowl it's games? It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty awesome. You got NFL, my, you've got yeah, all the college. My my favorite time of year, and the NCAA basketball tournament is right there with it. I mean, first two days of that is just absolutely wonderful. So we get Christmas two times a year with bowl season in the NCAA tournament coming up. We'll take the break. When we come back, we'll put a bow on this one as Press Box continues right after this. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Back to throw, looking left, looking right. Only heard here. Pumps, runs out to the left. All season. Throws on the run, Lamb at the seven, and strolls in. Saturday night, it's your Cowboys and the Detroit Lions, live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. Cowboys and Lions, Saturday starting with the pregame at 6. You're on ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 and Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. 
Does your company need CDL drivers? We can help. ATDS assists companies with training their employees to obtain their CDL license to fill driving positions. There's somewhat freight to be hauled and not enough drivers to keep up with the demand, especially since it's a requirement to attend a truck driving school now to get your CDL license. ATDS trains drivers for over 20 different companies. They can obtain their CDL license in as little as 20 days and be on the road working immediately. Our only requirement is that you must have a valid Texas driver's license, no outstanding tickets or warrants, and you must be able to pass a drug screen and DOT physical. We train and test on manual transmissions, which sets us apart from other schools in the area. We do not want our students to have an automatic restriction on their license. We start a new class every two weeks, and we also have weekend classes available. Call us at 254-829-1694 to get your employees enrolled to obtain their CDL license. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's mine. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham Realtor with Colwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. From our family to yours, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina wants to thank Central Texas for voting them as the best of Tex-Mex restaurant for 2023. And thank you for the votes for the best of chips and hot sauce, best margaritas, best enchiladas, best queso, and the best tortillas. Making you hungry? Then stop on at La Fiesta Restaurant off Franklin Avenue in Waco. Check them out online at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Maya Fuel should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated, independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for their great pricing and quickest delivery, they also offer non-fee contract fuel. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107 or find them at MayaFuels.net. That's MayaFuels.net. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas here on this Wednesday, the 27th of December, just a few days away from 2024. 2024, that's... <laughs> it just sounds wild. It does. It, it seems like, I know, people say that every year, but especially last year, it seemed seemed really fast. I don't know. Football season went by really fast this it year. It did. You had some numbers on the NFL this past weekend, and they're astonishing. They really are. They're just incredible. The The NFL is has always been, in my lifetime, the most popular 
professional sport, and it's only increasing its lead. Um, the Cowboys-Dolphins on Sunday averaged 31.52 million viewers. Good grief. I mean, that's just mind-blowing numbers. Largest Sunday regular season audience on any network for anything since 2007 when CBS averaged 33.82 million for a Brady versus Manning undefeated matchup of the Colts and the Patriots, which I can see that. Okay. So, uh, and the Cowboys Dolphins also had higher ratings than two of the three Christmas Day games, but that's only because we don't have ratings for the Giants Eagles yet. We do have ratings for the Raiders and Chiefs and the Ravens and 49ers, and they're great too. They just weren't as huge as the Cowboys Dolphins numbers. The uh, Raiders Chiefs game drew 29.17 million wow. on CBS, and it was a bad game. It was an ugly game, but people love the NFL. Me included. Mm-hmm. Ravens 49ers, which I thought would be the highest rated game of the week, was actually the lowest rated of the three, even though it was the Christmas night game. I guess people get up early and a lot of people just like had, had hit the wall by the time <laughs> they, they came on. But they still averaged 27.24 million. Which is not bad. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's off the charts as far as like uh, if, if you go to ratings and look at the most watched programs – it's not even close. NFL is so far ahead of everybody. Well, you did look at uh, the NBA Christmas Day ratings, and <laughs> it's almost embarrassing to to look. I mean, let's see. They got a 1.8 rating. <laughs> 4.31 million viewers across ABC and ESPN on Christmas Day. 4.3. Which was, and actually it was a, a slight increase. I was wrong about that. We were talking about during the break. I thought mm-hmm. it was down. It was a slight increase, uh, but um, but still. It was the second lowest range recorded by the NBA in the past five seasons. Yeah, you, there you go. And it's no comparison to the NFL. No, and I think that they're actually losing people to the NFL. I, well, I don't, I don't f- think they're, I, I don't, don't think the I, NFL is creating a ton of, I mean, some new fans, but. I think people are switching from basketball to base to, to football. Well, I think I think some people that were NBA fans have opted out a little bit on it. And I know a couple of people that never returned after the after the bubble season. Mm-hmm. Makes it makes it difficult to keep those viewers in there, right? Yeah. But there's I mean the NFL is a jug, juggernaut. The ratings just keep going up. Like every week when the ratings come out just about it's like Hey, this is the highest rated NFL game in, you know, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years. Most of them involve the Cowboys, but he, like I said, even uh, some of the other top matchups, or not even top matchups, Raiders and Chiefs is not a top matchup, but it is two recognizable franchises. Well, it was, it's a rivalry game, too. It is. It's a big rivalry game. Um, and a lot of people, myself included, watch that game. Patrick Mahomes is a draw, but, and that's why it was, I think it did better than the night game, but. People love the NFL, and it's great to see. People were worried about the future of the game and how mm-hmm. younger generations wouldn't take to it because it's too violent. Well, I, mm, yeah, it's, I, it's don't fine. worry, the NFL is just fine. <laughs> it's fine, and it's going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, it's trending. Everything is trending up for the NFL. Every demographic, every game, it's all roses for the NFL. You mentioned that Raiders-Chiefs game. Is it is it time now to start being concerned 
about Pat Mahomes? No, because, I mean, yeah, you can. It's that, that offense is terrible. The running backs are terrible. The receivers are terrible. And his tight end, who is the best in the league, is hurt and has been all year. You can tell by watching him run routes. He's not 100%, and he hasn't been since that injury early in the season. Mm-hmm. And if he's not 100% and you've got as bad of receivers as they have, you're not going to do much on offense receivers and running backs. They don't have great running backs to begin with, and they're now down to their third-string running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, because Jarek McKinnon is on IR for an injury, and uh, Isaiah Pacheco suffered a concussion in that game, and he's probably going to miss next week. So it's not getting any better. Is this the most beatable the Chiefs have been since Mahomes took over a quarterback? Considering they lost to the Raiders, yes. <laughs> I mean, really, that's not a good Raiders team. Aiden O'Connell O'Connell is not a good NFL quarterback. He may turn out to be an average to slightly above average one, but, you know, their skilled players are old. They were missing their their all-pro running back, Josh Jacobs, Mm -hmm. although uh, uh, White, the uh, backup, had a great game over 100 yards, I think over 120 yards. But, yeah, this is definitely the most beatable they've been. They don't have any offensive weapons because – with Kelsey Hurt, they don't have anybody that can stretch the field. They don't have anybody that the defense fears. So they just play zone and make sure they don't get beat deep and those receivers can't catch the ball. They don't. It's pretty easy to defend when they, they – their drop rate is 8%. That's twice as high as the next highest team in the NFL at 4%. And, and I get it. I understand the frustration, but Travis Kelsey going off and saying it's not just one guy – it's the entire team, and throwing a fit on the sidelines, tossing his helmet. And then last week, Pat Mahomes, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, he loses his mind on the sidelines. There's some dissension in the ranks for the Chiefs. And the frustration is exactly what you said. Frustration is on the part that they just don't have the playmakers they've had in the past, or at least they're not making plays that they've made in the past. And that's frustrating for those guys. But you can't do that. You can't show off on the sidelines like that, especially if you're those two guys and you're the leaders of the football team. Oh, absolutely. And and he did take, like, part of it was he said, I'm not the only one playing. Well, I'll I'll clean it up for radio. He said, I'm not the only one playing bad was the – was kind of the point of his tirade, but you're absolutely right. You got to save that for the locker room or or somewhere where people aren't where um, 30 million people aren't watching you mm-hmm. go crazy on the sideline. It doesn't help anything. You just can't do it. Nope. I I, I don't. The same think. way about about Sean Payton dressing down Russell Wilson multiple times on the side. It's happened twice this year. I think that's inexcusable for a veteran coach to do that to a veteran quarterback. I just I, it boggles my mind that it would happen in this. I've always, I still do think Sean Payton is overrated. He ha, he won one championship with a generational quarterback, just like Mike McCarthy did. But mm-hmm. everybody thinks that Sean Payton is the great, uh, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Everybody thinks Mike McCarthy just got to where he is because of Aaron Rodgers. They're the same coach. You look at their take this year off, and you look at their overall record, and they're almost identical. Wins and losses, won one Super Bowl, number of championship game appearances. It's really, really close. Are the Chiefs one and done? You, you, 
you never want to underestimate Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, they just don't have any playmakers on offense. Yeah, it's it's amazing that that their receivers are so bad. That's it's a close race between them and the Giants, who's got the worst receiving receivers in the NFL, and I don't know who I would pick. They're both really, really bad, and and Kelsey's not going to magically get uninjured before the end of the season. There's no time for him to rest up. They're not going to get a bye because they keep losing. The good thing is they're still two games up in their division, so all mm-hmm. they have to do is beat Cincinnati this week, and they still get their division. They still win their division title, but and get a home game first round. But yeah. If, Depends on who they play in that first round. But yeah. I think there's a good chance that they are one and done. And that's not going to be a comfortable spot. Lamar Jackson, does he win the MVP after the game against the 49ers? I mean, is it a done deal? Unless he has a game like Purdy had the, uh, the other night, yes. It would take him having a spectacularly bad game at this point for him not to win it. I, I think that was his his moment that he won the MVP. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. After that game, I was like, there's really not a question, is there? Like, I, even if you were thinking maybe McCaffrey for MVP, well, no, that game wouldn't really dissuade you. He had 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing. He was mm-hmm. amazing, as he always has been. But, but I mean, look, you, I, I think you can – It's tough as a running back. There you go. Even, even, the, even the best one in the NFL, you're like, yeah, but a lot of guys – couldn't do that, but they could do pretty great on San Francisco's offense. Well, and it's just historically goes to a quarterback. That too. That's I mean, the bigger part of it. <laughs> that's the biggest part of it. I mean, you could you could talk all the talk you want to talk, but it's going to go to a quarterback. There's no doubt about it. And it's probably going to be Lamar Jackson. The only thing is, Lamar Jackson and this Ravens football team, I don't think they're built for the playoffs either. I'm I'm not sold that they're going to make a big playoff run. I'm just not. Yeah, that's uh, I'm not sure about that either. I mean, have they shown you anything that, except against San Francisco this past week that says, "Oh yeah, that's a that's a deep run in the playoffs." I don't see it. No, and they've got some good wins, um, and that was by far their best one. But yeah, I mean, their offense outside of Lamar Jackson, which is actually helps his MVP argument in my mind. They don't they have good receivers. They're not they're not the uh Giants or the, the Chiefs, you know. They have mm-hmm. uh, the rookie Zay Flowers who's good. OBJ is not what he once was, but he's still pretty good. He can he doesn't get separation like he used to, but he's still a great route runner and he's still got I think probably a good deal of his speed. You're not going to have all of it after multiple ACL surgeries. Well, sure. Um but Mari, they they do a great job of drafting. They lose their all-pro tight end, Mark Andrews, but Isaiah Likely has been great. You know, he's just been sitting on the bench waiting for his turn. So they have some weapons, um, but they don't have a great running game. Justice Hill and, and Gus Edwards do well because that's a great system for a running back, but neither one of those are game breakers. Right. They're just serviceable. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're very beatable. I do, too. I think it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on it. All right. That's going to do it for us here on a Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your day. J-Mo coming up next, followed by the Matt Mosley Show right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Aaron, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. Matt Mosley, weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas.